3: the radio.
0: wonder why it's
2: happening again. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. www.yagain.org, And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, May the 18th, 2016. It's Recovery Wednesday on our show. Our calling number is 646 200 Six, nine, and press 1, and that puts you in queue. Uh, Let us know that you want to have a conversation. And we would love to hear from you because your comments and your questions make the show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank
4: you. Thank you, dear heart, for that introduction. Isn't that introduction done in just the sweetest tone and the sweetest voice? I get to live with that voice all the time. How cool. And the sweet face that it comes from. Thank you, dear heart. Thank and you. welcome, everybody, to Recovery Wednesday. Once again, the task of recognizing who we are. Hold a newborn child. Experience not being loved, but the a being of love, the truth of all of us, is that we are that sweet presence of love. And when we recognize ourselves as that sweet presence of love, a different game happens in our world. We get to experience ourselves. We get to experience everyone differently. And we get to perceive through Something different than what the world wants us to be looking through. You go back through the ancient teachings and you hear Paul saying, we see as though through a glass darkly. Kings, I offer, attempt to get us to addict ourselves to seeing through the glass of hostility or fear to perceive all but those few special people in our lives as though they're some sort of a threat. And I offer that's an addiction to be recovered from. And our our definition of recovery is not that of recovering from a disease, but that of recovering the truth of who we are, that sweet presence of love. I was uh, discussing with someone this morning the idea of being responsible. You know, we've talked the last uh, little bit uh, from A Course of Miracles about responsibility for sight and the difference between seeing through love and seeing through the, the lens of the world. And I was led to look at some materials from Mahatma Gandhi about, geez, it's probably going on 20 years ago now, I, I spent two months in India, and part of that time was spent uh, uh, living with and conversing with and working with a, a man who had actually had his hands on Mahatma Gandhi and done a process called Kayakopa. The gentleman, well, let's see. He was, and this is back, it's maybe not quite 20 years ago, But he was 113 when I went to visit with him and work with him. It was pretty interesting. We traveled from northern India all the way down to uh, Bombay. He had actually come out of his home province up to northern India to work with us. He had come out for the first time in his life at 113. And on the way back to Bombay... He carried his own bags from the cab to the train station. He loaded his own bags on the train. He was as vital as anybody else in the group. A little frail, but as vital as anybody else in the group. Pretty amazing. In any event, I was inspired by the conversation this morning to take a look at uh, some of the materials that I had from Gandhi, and I came across a quote which I thought I'd share today that describes... The result of recovery. And he says this truth, peace, righteousness, and nonviolence do not exist separately. They are all essentially dependent on love. When love, when I offer that's human life, enters the thoughts, it becomes truth. When it manifests itself in the form of action, it becomes truth. When love manifests itself in the form of action, it reflects righteousness. When your feelings become saturated with love, you become peace itself. The very meaning of the word peace is love. When you fill your understanding with love, practice love, think of love, feel love, all these values our love, and flow from the undercurrent of love. And I think that very sweetly describes the result of the recovery process. And so our invitation is, if there are moments in your life, as there still are in mine, where I'm not, you're not experiencing that sweet presence of love, then there's recovery work to be done. The core tool of recovery is the tool of forgiveness. We're integrating the forgiveness process here in this conversation, in particular on Recovery Wednesday, into the whole 12-step program, which has been an extremely powerful program that has impacted millions of lives who are recovering from all sorts of addiction, addiction to violence, addiction to substances, addiction to thought processes other than love. And so we're here to support that awakening, that opening. And Jeannie tells me that we already have a hand up, so I'm going to cut our introduction short and go straight to the hand up and see what our callers got to share. Jeannie?
2: Eric. Area code 210, you're on the air.
4: Uh yes, I am. Hey, welcome. Give us Hi. a
3: name. Where are you calling from? <clears throat> Hi, uh, my name is Chris and I'm from uh Colorado Springs, Colorado.
4: Hey, Chris, delighted. Welcome. Glad to hear
3: your voice. How can we support you? Thank you. Um, well, I had um just um my family and I relocated here about 6 months ago. Um, and about a year prior to that, um I was in another relationship. Um it's a real sticky situation, but the long and short of it is that uh there's a child involved and I uh do not know if the child is mine, but also um the the mother of that child when we had broken up, uh it got real bad. Um I was uh, on prescription pills. Um, of using uh, alcohol as well, and uh,
5: right.
0: you know I
3: wasn't I wasn't the person I am now, but she won't um, she won't have anything to do with me, and she won't um, give me a paternity test, and so I, I'm I'm not as bad as I used to be. Um, you know I used to just be crying every day and just you know missing her, even though I, I'm in another relationship, um, but I would just you know just beat myself up all the time and just um you know it's just it's just hard to move on from from that whole situation i'm just trying to figure out how okay.
4: okay well my my offering would be first of all in our codependence to interdependence work one of the things we point out is that there are a number of different pseudo solutions that the mind says this is how we're going to get through this and the number one pseudo solution is if i could just figure this out My offering, Chris, is that what you've described, your own state of mind, the state of mind of this woman that you've been involved with, the child, the involvement with drugs and alcohol, is not something that in the next million years you're going to figure out. Mm. One of the other things that we point, there are tools for working through it, but you're not going to figure it out. The other thing to look at here is that one of the things we talk about in our codependence work is what we call a power person dynamic. And our definition of a power person is someone who had more power over your life than you did at some stage in your life, and the belief that it was a survival situation when this person who had that kind of power over your life was not functioning as love, was not functioning out of their true human beingness. Usually that person is a parent, though not always. When that has happened to us in our early childhood, not always early childhood, not always childhood. It can can happen as an adult. The key component for a power person is they had more power over your life than you did and you perceived it as survival. But when that happens what takes place is we tend to get locked into one of three behaviors. And the behavior we get locked into is determined by the level of stress we're under. There is a thing in the mind that we call the automatic decision system. And it kicks in, and when there's no stress, and this power person dynamic has not yet been resolved, the first behavior when there's no stress is that I'll do whatever I did to get along with my power person. When stress starts to build, I'll move into doing whatever I did to resist and survive with my power person. When I become ultra stressed, I'll do what my power person did to me that I hated the most. Now, what you're describing to me, I offer, is a condition where there's a huge amount of stress. I mean, I can only start to imagine the stresses of being involved with a relationship and living with a woman when, in fact, your heart wants to be with another woman and that you have perhaps a child with that woman. The way that stress is created is by holding goals. And I can only imagine in that situation – the goals that you hold are things like, I want to know if I'm really the father of this child. If I'm the father of this child, you know, I'm in tears over not being with this woman. I would like to feel good about my relationship with this woman and perhaps be invited back into this relationship. I would like to, uh, you know, perhaps be um, making the woman that I'm currently with happy. I mean, just a a, a whole series of goals that I offer are going to leave your mind under such stress that what you're gonna tend to do is you're gonna tend to do what your power person did to you that you hated the most. And my offering is that what it sounds like you're doing to yourself is you're causing yourself to suffer. You're down on yourself. You have judgments of yourself. And I would ask the question, how did it feel when your power person was down on you and had all kinds of judgments about you?
5: Um, How did it feel? Not
3: good. Not good. um, Right. (laughs) Okay.
4: So the place to start your work now as opposed to trying to figure out how you're going to handle paternity, this relationship, that relationship, all of these things, all of these goals, and trying to achieve them all, which is just going to overload you with stress, I would offer that the first order business be to start to look at the goals that you hold in each of these regards and start getting rid of them. If they're goals that don't serve you for today, Like, for instance, let's take the one of paternity. I want to know if this is my child. Well, I get up this morning, and I know that I'm not going to call her. I'm not going to call my attorney. I'm not going to call her attorney. I'm not going to do anything in that regard. And yet, if I sit around with the goal in the back of my mind, I wonder if this is my child. I wonder if this is my child. I wonder if this is my child. I wonder if I should be doing something as a father. Then the stress of that with no possibility of resolution just creates a load that is going to tend to drive you toward functioning out of those power person dynamics. So forgiveness in that case, because goals drive perception, and perception is the thing that holds our pain and our trauma. You need to start unloading these pains and traumas so that you can come back to a clear mind based in the truth of who you are as love to recover your being from all of these unresolved dynamics that go way back to your power person that have impinged on your relationship with this woman and your possible paternity and impinge on your relationship with the woman you're with today and impinge on your relationship with the person that you look at in the mirror because you get down on you the same as your power person did. So goals drive that whole process. So, my input to you would be I'd suggest that you go to our website, which is whyagain.org. And if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a red and white bullseye in the middle of the page. Click on it. The second link under that bullseye is a series, it will, will open a series of worksheets. The top worksheet, the first worksheet, is the most current forgiveness tool that we have. My suggestion would be to click on that, open it, and print it. Print a bunch of them. And you'll see that the core of the forgiveness process has to do with identifying the goals with which you create your stress and canceling those goals. You know, if I wake up this morning and I decide today I'm going to talk to my attorney about a paternity suit, then I want to, have a goal that inspires me to talk to my attorney about a paternity suit. But if I don't have that in my plan for today, then I don't want to set that goal because I'll just be creating a stress that will put me on the hamster wheel and do me no good. So I'd I'd invite you to start the place to start as opposed to you've got this huge, I mean – For a human mind, you've got this huge dilemma in front of you. It's it's kind of like the old story of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So my input would be the key to recovering the truth of who you are as a human being and refraining from having to use any kind of addictive substance to anesthetize yourself against what's going on is going to be to start to cancel these goals. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. They may be wonderful goals. You know, the goal might be I want to have a wonderful relationship with this woman because I just found out this is my child. And if I can't do anything about that today, then I cancel that goal in order to reduce my stress. It's not that there's anything wrong with the goal. It reduces the stress so that I can recover the mind of love in me rather than be locked into all of these other turmoils and traumas. And as I recover that and I bring that mind of love to my life, my life automatically starts to shift and heal. Things change. I see the places where I have errors, and I start to correct my errors. I see the places where I've had miscommunication, and I start to clean up my miscommunication. I see the place where my, as the 12-step program speaks about, my character defects have impacted my relationships, and I can go back and start to make amends and clean it up. But it's difficult to do all of that without the presence of a mind of love. So that I would offer would be a good starting point. And I don't know if you're actively using any drugs or alcohol at this point, but something that's going to create a whole other level of difficulty in getting back to the, the quality of mind that will resolve all dilemmas in your life is the use of substances. And so if mm-hmm. there is any of that, I might suggest that you get yourself an experienced sponsor who will – be a space of love and support Mm -hmm. for starting to clean up all these dynamics in your life so that would be a starting point that I'd offer and I'm not sure if Dr. Tim is with us but well first of all let me just see if that elicits any questions from you then I was going to ask Dr. Tim for some of his input Uh, no no, question Does that make sense as a starting point
3: Absolutely. I mean it makes uh it makes perfect sense to be completely honest with you.
4: Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, it's like yeah. start to clean the slate so you've got a clean slate to write on and, and get clarity in your mind and in your life. And and you will achieve that clarity by taking that approach I would offer. Or at least right. you'll have the best possibility of achieving that clarity. Doctor right. Tim, do you have anything to add uh for Chris and support? Well, my
1: first question for Chris was going to be, you know, how he found out about the program and whether or not he has any experience with the forgiveness process.
3: Um, No, not really. I just um, was just looking on Blog Talk, um, and y'all guys came up and said forgiveness, and so I figured that I might uh, probably give you guys
1: a call. Well, awesome. uh, welcome. We're we're glad you're here and the thing about forgiveness in this work is that it's very different from what I was ever taught about forgiveness. It's it's all about removing what's less than love from me, which means any anger, any vengeance, any condemnation, any guilt, any shame that I hold in my mind and in my body's energy system will literally distort my ability to see the world clearly, and it will do nothing but create more problems in my life. And this is pretty much the opposite of what I was taught for the first 45 years of my life on this this continent. So one of the biggest challenges I face in working with people with this work is trying to get them to see that, yes, maybe somebody did something absolutely horrible and... Maybe they are being mean and and vengeful and spiteful and insulting, and just the fact that all of that is true, all I'm gonna do if I hold anger about that is hurt myself and block myself from acting in a loving way, which is going to be the best provide the best results for myself and anybody else I care about right. because especially because there's a child involved. Right. I strongly encourage you to look into this work and do whatever you can to dismantle any negative judgments against yourself and any negative judgments against anybody else. So it will put you in okay. direct contact with your nature as this energy of love and your ability to extend that energy in every interaction in your life. And that's the best path I know to lead to the best possible results for you and anybody you're dealing with.
3: Okay. I appreciate it. Um, It's been very uh, uh, revealing and uh, somewhat enlightening, so I appreciate it.
1: I don't know. I don't remember if Dr. Rice mentioned this, but there's a PowerPoint presentation on the website, and in 25 minutes, it helps helps you understand why you would cancel a loving, positive goal. Let's say your goal is that you want to straighten things out with this woman and you want a chance to have a loving relationship with your own child. Right. Well, why in the heck would you cancel that goal? And this PowerPoint presentation will help you understand why, at least temporarily, it's important to cancel that goal if when you have that goal you're feeling anger, fear, sadness, confusion, or hurt.
3: Right. Wow. I never thought about it that way, but it makes perfect sense. It really does. I appreciate it. It's
4: the whole core of the process. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a a principle. Part of my background is a, a study in physics, and there's a principle of physics that says that Every molecule in the universe is in continuous communication with every other molecule in the universe. There's a level of energetic exchange that that is continuously happening. And so I just want you to know, with being a first-time caller calling into the show, one of the things we're working on developing is a community of people who actually function out of the truth of who they are as human beings. You know, have you met this child that you're talking about?
3: No, never.
4: No. Okay. Have you ever held a newborn child? Oh, yes, absolutely. If you went back to the moment at which you held that newborn for the first time, what word would you do, use to describe the essence of that newborn? Relation. Uh, Well, it's a question that we've asked of tens of tens of thousands of people all over the globe, and everybody's answer is always the same. It's always some variation on the theme of love. And the reason Mm -hmm. I offer that's true is because we all know, anybody who's ever held a newborn knows what human life is. It is that presence of love. It is a different mind than the mind of the world, or pardon me, a different mind than what the world forces us into in the way of thinking, mm-hmm. and recovery is about you getting back to that mind, me getting back to that mind and mm-hmm. i just I just want you to know as a first time caller that we're the the whole purpose of this radio show is to create a community of people, and we have people that call in from Europe, from the Middle East, from uh, Australia, from South America, from anywhere on the globe and just so that you're aware that there's a whole, you've now linked into a whole group of people who are in communication with you on that level of energy of holding that space of love for resolution of these dynamics in your life that you're supported. Awesome. (laughs) That's what we're here to do. (laughs) And, And as you, you know, tap into that worksheet and start to use it, it'll probably bring up a thousand questions because it's so absolutely opposite of what the world has taught us to do and so as those Mm. questions develop there are two places you can go for solution you know any day every day that you have questions about the process or you need support you're most welcome to call into this show and also when you click on that um, uh, bullseye and i said the second link will give you the worksheet if you click on the third link when you open the bullseye go back and click on the third link it actually ties you into some of the more important radio shows we've done over the last five years. And in particular, there's 16 different shows, and they're all labeled, where we've actually walked somebody step-by-step through the whole process. So there are specific instructions that you can use. They're free MP3 downloads. Just download them and use them as a guide to, start to learn that process of forgiveness. It's the opposite of what we've been taught. We all came in exactly the same way as that awesome presence of love. The world started to put its thumbprints on us and so right. we tend to function on those thumbprints and the forgiveness process is about hammering those thumbprints back out so that we literally carve out a space within our own form to incarnate as love and to function as love yeah. in every relationship regardless of what other people are doing. Otherwise, what tends to happen is we are run by our early experiences, by our power person dynamics, and by our genetics. And sadly, you know, if we look at the history of the world, what's in the genetics of most people is pretty heavy-duty stuff that certainly isn't very supportive of functioning as love. The forgiveness process is about the removal of all of that so that you stand in your own physiology literally having recovered the truth of who you are as the presence of love and are able to offer a loving response instead of you know the pattern family responses of hostility and fear which tend to create the kinds of circumstances that you're experiencing in this relationship now and I'll offer that well it sounds like there's some question about the paternity of this child that if you were intimate with this woman at the time in which she conceived, that even if it wasn't your specific sperm that that child was conceived from, your DNA is in that child, energetically has been transferred to that child. Yes, that child is yours, even if it wasn't your sperm that created the form of that child energetically, you are part of that child's life. And I support you, you know, and it sounds like you're really willing. It sounds like you're really open for learning. I support you doing the work so that you can be that space of love that gives that child, even if you never see them, that you're a space that gives that child an opportunity because your communication with that child is a, a higher form of communication than everyone else has with everyone else and that is that there is some of your dna in the form that's been scientifically proven in the form in the body of that child and so there is a space of communication even if you never get eye to eye and that you become that space and give that child a life different than the drama and trauma that it sounds like it's been conceived in and we hold the space for that I
2: right.
4: appreciate it Delighted
2: And, and I think um, Gail
4: is with us And Gail has really uh, worked for years In the arena of recovery And you had mentioned some drugs and alcohol So maybe Gail has some input for you as well Gail, do you have any thoughts for Chris?
2: I do,
0: of course I do
4: <laughs> Go for it, young man. Hi, lady. everybody Welcome, good to hear your voice
0: Good to hear your voice as well, and great! Uh, thank you for the intro; that was beautiful. And um, I just appreciate so much being a part of this and being able to contribute. Chris, what I, um, I honed in on when you were when you were talking, first of all, I want to praise you for your your courage to just be randomly going through Blog Talk and, and choosing this particular show, and then hitting one. <laughs> And asking the question that you asked, that takes a lot of yeah. courage, and, um, and I commend you for that. And um, the other question that I have for you is, what kind of exposure to 12-step groups do you have? Have you ever gone to a 12-step group? Are you doing the abstaining from pills on your own? What is your process as far as, as the pills are concerned?
2: I think we've lost him. He's dropped off of the switchboard.
4: Okay. Uh, okay. So
2: maybe, maybe, Chris, if you call back in, get one again.
4: Okay. And perhaps if he's listening, um, maybe you could go ahead and give him the input that you were thinking of, what, what struck you intuitively. And uh, if he's listening, he'll have that. And if not, uh, energetically, he'll get it. And the rest of us will get the benefit of that input.
0: Absolutely. What I heard him saying when he was saying I, I've stopped taking pills or I'm not as bad as I was, um, was to to talk about the fact that the pills are a symptom of a much greater problem. And um that when we um when we're taking pills or we're doing drugs or alcohol, um I guess I'll repeat what you like me to say is that it doesn't matter if it blows off wait, rolls off, blows off, or drips off the table, it's all a symptom of a much greater problem. And the tendency from going to pills might be I need to anesthetize myself with alcohol or I need to anesthetize myself with another drug besides pills. Or if it's totally total and complete abstinence from all my mind-altering substances, then my next thought was what kind of work was being done um, to change the thinking And um, what I've talked about in the past is that our first step in um, in the 12-step model is um, I'm powerless over, for instance, alcohol, that our life has become unmanageable, is that I can't drink and I can't think. And so um, it's a two-part step um, that addresses both of those. uh, I can't drink because I have a physical allergy to alcohol. My body doesn't metabolize alcohol correctly. Most people consider alcohol to be an intoxicant, intoxicant. Um, and the word toxin is in that word, and so when most people take a drink, their bodies metabolize it in order to get rid of it as quickly as possible. The difference between a normal drinker and um, an alcoholic is that when our bodies have alcohol in it, we want more. And we can't stop at that first drink, um, our bodies metabolize it differently, and because it metabolizes it the way it does, we end up with a craving and for more to put more in and the more we drink, the more we want and so um and that's ten percent of our problem is the actual chemical that we're putting into our bodies um ninety percent is our thinking, and to go a little bit deeper on that is. Um, We have a thought first And then from our thought we have a feeling And the reason why we use drugs and alcohol Is to anesthetize what we're feeling Or to feel different So my suggestion was um, To start to investigate 12-step groups If the pills are a problem And to get support that way as well and that both of these programs, both the Aramaic Forgiveness and, and 12-step groups, are a great way. Um, they could, they work very well in conjunction with each other and are a great way to get away from the pills and to start looking at um, our thinking and address our thinking and make amends for our thinking um, and our actions in the past so we could come to that place of full recovery, as you talk about, to be that that being of love and to hold the space of love and to solve our problems from a space of love. So that's what I had to offer.
4: Yay. Nice. Nice. And Jeannie, just in case Chris is listening or anyone else who's got a similar conversation we have, do you have any input or thoughts for Chris?
2: Um, I was just going to add a moment ago, I'm not sure that uh, Chris was on when we first opened the program, But that we are here five days a week, Monday through Friday. I know a lot of blog talk programs are only on like once a week or once every other week. And you did make a point of telling him, you know, to call back in. But I'm not sure that we said we're here Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock. So we're absolutely here quite often to offer that support. And you can't do it alone. Certainly it's a
4: whole lot easier with a little help from our friends, isn't it? Gail, uh, just uh, another thought that occurred to me as you were speaking, and uh, I know a really big part of the whole 12-step program is making amends. But it occurs to me that I've never heard a conversation about making amends to yourself. Is that a component of the 12-step program?
0: <laughs> it is. There is some controversy. <laughs> um that I've oh, heard yeah. around the table. Oh boy. Um there there are schools of thought that say that in the 8 step list, um the 8th step is that we uh made a list of everybody that we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Um, there is a schools of thought that say that our name should be first on that list. Um, there's other schools of thought that, the, that, um, that I've heard around the tables is that we're making amends to ourselves as we're working the steps and, and reconnecting to God. And when we start to make amends to others, we're making amends. In essence, we're making amends to ourselves as well
4: all smoke and mirrors
0: so yeah and and i tend to go with the the latter um and and my thinking on that meaning that when i work the steps i'm making amends to myself i'm starting to mend myself um, by working the steps and and coming into connection with the the um the god of my understanding and then when i start to make amends to others that it it Um, I'm making amends to myself and and the reason why I think that and um is that my experience has been that I'm a very self-centered self-seeking selfish individual and of course I'm going to put my name at the top of the list and it's more about it can be more about ego and um doing things for gratification under the guise of making amends to myself opposed to actually getting in line with what God's will is for me and um, doing what is the best for everybody concerned. Um, That selfishness can jump back in there. So that's my personal thinking and experience on that. Um, So that's what I'd like to contribute to that question. Um, I've seen... Great debates around the tables when that topic is is um, talked about, discussed. Um, that's my offering.
2: We have a hand up.
4: Wonderful, wonderful. I think just just one more thought before we go to the the, the caller, Jeannie. I, I think that. Um, when I'm talking about amends to self that much like when we do the purpose worksheet, we have somebody write a vision for the world. And it's not the kind of vision that, you know, the world comes and kowtows and brings me gold. (laughs) It's the kind of vision of what's the higher Part of my mind know is true about the way the world could be working, the place of integrity, the place where, you know, and somebody might describe it as utopia, that as children we were told, well, that's impossible. And so I would apply the same kind of instruction to, to this arena of immense self that you do it out of that place of integrity and out of that higher space of support. And that will tend to lead to the kind of amends that is integritous, and really, instead of coming from the non-being self looking for its gratification, comes from being, which looks to extend and give what is truly generous, rather than take, take, take. There was a, a post I did yesterday. I found it on someone else's site and I thought it was just awesome and it was a a videographer who goes around doing just little snippets of people's lives and in this particular case and it was just I mean it was just I, I when I shared it with Jeannie I sat there in tears and this videographer is near a bench on the street where obviously a homeless person is laying there with their head on their backpack and he slides over and he puts some money. They don't say how much, but it looks like it was probably fairly significant and puts that on the top of his backpack. And so there the videographer waits around for this bike guy wakes up and, and, you know, sees his money and is just shocked and they follow him down the street and there's a target store and he goes in and he buys, a pillow and a sleeping bag and some other things he needs. He's like, I have money for my homeless lifestyle. And he goes back to the same bench, and he's sitting there. And Now, this is, of course, all a setup. The videographer then comes in, and he's on a cell phone feigning a crisis conversation with somebody about how he needs money to get medicine for his sick child, and he doesn't have any money, and he's distraught. And, of course, he's sitting on the next bench where this guy, this homeless guy, can hear him. And after he gets off the phone in his distraught state, the homeless guy kind of addresses him and says, geez, buddy, what's happening? And he asks this guy to watch his backpack. And he takes his Target bags and he leaves. He comes back 20 minutes later and his hands are empty. And he hands the money to the guy who needs medicine for his child. That's the kind of space that I'm talking about that is a true human attribute that reflect. You know, to me, this homeless person was one of the most recovered persons on the planet. Appearances don't always tell the story. It's a really powerful video. If you want to see it, if you're not connected uh, with me on Facebook, you can go to J M underscore R Y C E. Posted it yesterday, so it's just there in the in the early posts. But it's like it's time for human life to show up on the planet. Let's go ahead with our caller, Jeannie.
2: All right, it is area code seven eight one. You're on the air.
5: Hi,
4: it's Ron in Massachusetts. Hello? Oh, Hi yeah. there, young man. Welcome. Hi. Thank you, thank Hi. you, thank you for those transcripts of the uh, the new Y workshop. They're awesome.
5: Oh, great. Wonderful. That's a little more on the way. Um,
4: and I love your Awesome
5: story. contribution.
3: Was,
5: thank you. Uh, you and, and you're welcome. Um, I was just having uh, lunch with my beautiful bride and I was Get into a similar space that you just went into Just talking about having her mom come to Brazil And us being in a position to make sure She's treated with the kind of love and respect That we want her to be If she, Anyways it was just kind of funny I'm sitting there at lunch and I started to get emotional <laughs> Over just talking about love and support And uh, It just uh, it was really nice To hear you open up like that and, uh, Not that you don't all the time But it was a beautiful story And, and uh, kind of took over what I was press the button for. Um, I pressed the button because when I heard the word "amends," I, I was going to go right to that, and then you went right to that. So um, I guess my transcribing has me in sync with uh, <laughs> my thought patterns, and yours must be uh, must be similar because of all the transcribing I've been doing. Um, well, you know, there's I, a wonderful uh, uh,
4: there's a wonderful definition of a genius, and that's somebody who agrees with me. <laughs> so That's
5: hey <laughs> I love it uh, well, you know um, uh, my original I'll get to my original comment on on a man's um, after I go into what came up and when I was listening to it was Gail speaking right was it Gail was it originally who was yes. speaking about yes, it yeah. was. hi and um when I thought about her, I thought, you know, I don't have that many uh, kind of rules uh, when I sponsor, or I'm really not, I'm not sure I have any when I sponsor somebody. But one of them is that amends um, are to be done with a sponsor. Um, and, and I think that that goes towards what you were talking about, Michael, which is about, you know, going into a place of integrity, because hopefully a person has selected a sponsor for good, Uh, reasons and and that sponsor, you know, the amends are not something that we do kind of off on our own. We do them, you know, wherever two are gathered, we do it under the, um, in communication with, with someone else in the program, preferably a sponsor or a spiritual advisor. Um, And so that's my, yeah. So, so I think that that is a comment that goes towards the same place you're going to, which is doing it in a place of integrity. And, um, I wanted to talk about, uh, so amends to self, I, I tend to look at that in terms of um, a lot of times that's kind of, I like to to help people notice when they're working the steps and have them notice when they're making an amends to self. Like somebody says, well, you know, I, you know, maybe going back and getting that degree is a way of working step nine. Maybe that's a way of making a, uh, an integrative uh, amends to yourself or whatever it is for that person. Um but my my question was more. I wanted to invite you to talk about the dynamics of making amends because when somebody comes into the program, most times um, they're coming in to stay their ass. You know, get get. They're not. They haven't. You know, we I shouldn't say they. We haven't really been living on um, or useful, very useful spiritual principles before we come in. So the idea of it being smoke and mirrors is pretty foreign to us when we come in and so making amends is just, you know, I, I feel really uh, shitty about what I did and I want to go and apologize to that person for what I did to them. And so the projection game is still very much in place and yet it's very effective anyways. And I think it's, has a lot to do with, um, bringing the present moment energy into, um, you know, into a, into into some thoughts and memories about what happened in the past. And so there's a the healing dynamic that takes place anyways. So I would like for you, instead of me doing it, I'd like for you to talk about um, kind of from your understanding of the mind, how is it that that's so effective when even though the projection game is still in place and you've got, you know, someone who's, you know, 30 days, 60 days a year sober um, who's going to, go and make amends to someone for what they did to them, uh, even though there's that kind of misunderstanding in place, how there's also how it still
4: works and how it still heals. And I'll just go on mute and listen. Well, my take would be, of course, in, in many cases where there's been damage done, there's restoration, which I would, would take as a shade of making amends. But, you know, in, um, in the Y work, we've developed what I like to call an apology tool, And most people, they think a man's, or at least in my experience, a man's or apology looks like, oh, I'm sorry I did this. But from the point of view of this work, one of the the key things to recognize is, number one, we are not only in truth the act of presence of love, but as the act of presence of love, we're creators, And so if I use – and it's just like another one of those thumbprints of the world. If I use the the world's apology tool, it looks like, I'm sorry, I did da-da-da-da, whatever it was. So what I've just done is I've taken my creative capacity, I've utilized it to grab a hold of someone else's very likely creative capacity, And I got their mind to join with my mind on that terrible thing that I've done and that I'm sorry for it. And my take is that people who say they're sorry, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, end up being sorry people. And if you get two minds to join in an energetic dynamic of what is wrong, there's a darn good chance that that wrong, because it's been energetically empowered is going to repeat itself so the apology tool which i would see as being part of the amends process from the point of view of the why work is number one if i screwed up i want to take responsibility for that own it and make sure the person that i have um, brought that to knows clearly that i'm taking responsibility And so that's the first part of it. And along with that, rather than being sorry for it, which becomes a creative process of making myself into a sorry person, I want to make an apology. You know, I apologize. I, you know, I stepped on your toes and I apologize for that. And then recognizing myself and the person that I'm speaking to as a creator, if I'm going to get them to join with me in something, I want to get them to join with me in strengthening what I'm wanting to do rather than what I'm not wanting to do. So the next part of the apology tool is to language clearly and forcefully what I'm going to do in the future as opposed to what I did in the past. And so... That might look like, you know, I I just wasn't paying attention. I apologize for stepping on your toes. And in the future, I'll be responsible for where I put my feet and make sure that you're respected and taken care of. Now I've got another person's mind joining with me in producing that result. Chances are I'm going to have a whole lot better chance of doing it for them and for myself. So that would kind of be my input
5: with that. Does that fit for you? You know yeah, it does fit for me, and, and one of the other uh, dimensions of it that I didn't think of when I was asking the question, but that I have uh, talked to people about and thought of in my own space, which is the effect that it has energetically from what your teaching, from, from what I know of your teachings on the file folder effect. So, in my file on uh, Michael, I have this you know, boy, you know what, there was this time when I really let you have it and it was just a bad thing. And, I'm, and so every time that Michael comes up, I'm resonating, you know, cancel the image, this time where I acted like a shit, right, and and, and just not feeling good about that. And then um, I go to some meetings and I start to invite my higher power into the conversation and I go to you and I say, Michael, I apologize. And I take ownership for what I did and I um and in the future, I'm going to treat you, you know lovingly gently and with respect and now, when I go forward from that, my file folder effect on Michael is radically changed because when that comes up, not only is the um, is this file on Michael from the time I behaved poorly, but much more powerfully than that is the time when you gaze back at me with understanding or at least where I made an earnest effort to, uh, to bring the the higher power into that interaction, so it, it so it's a very healing from the pile folder
4: effect as well. So um, that makes sense to you. Absolutely, right on track, and and that's a good point that in the process I want to bring that higher power, whether it's from the Aramaic Kutcha if I have a particular relationship with a particular spiritual teacher, whether it's their support that I ask for, that bringing that in is an important component in the whole conversation as well. Asking for right. guidance and, and movement toward uh, creating a truly integrative life. Yeah. And then, and then that having that
5: file folder chain, having that whole file on that part of my life begins to be balanced out and even healed by uh, the immense process. So um, yes, No.
4: Great. All right. Well, thank you. Cool. Delighted. Delighted. Good question. Good, uh, good clarification. Thank you. Thanks. All right, sir. Have a blessed one. And, uh, let's, uh, let's ask Dr. Tim back into the conversation. Tim, uh, do you have any thoughts on a man's self, a man's apology? Any, any thoughts to add to that conversation from uh, from your work over the years? Tim still with us, Jeannie?
2: I think we've lost him, too. <laughs> oh,
4: bless his heart. Okay, well, he's probably gone back okay. to work. It's almost to... uh, 1 o'clock there.
2: Yeah. we got three minutes.
4: Three minutes? So has anybody got a question for us, a quick question? It has to be one of those quick ones. Or we could start it and continue tomorrow as well. In the meantime, if there are no hands up, I'll just uh, say mucho gracias to everyone for your participation. Thank you, Gail, for your input. Thank you, Dr. Tim. Thank you, Jeannie and uh, Ron as well. And we hold a space. If you're, uh, if you're ready to take your work to the next level, we have two intensives happening at Heartland this summer. We're going to do a nine-day, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? covers a whole series of workshops, including teaching the hands-on energy field work, still-point breathing process. We'll be doing a 16-day Laws of Living, which also, of course, includes still-point breathing. We'll be doing a 10-day Food Fund Forgiveness and Work Program, to uh, kind of get Heartland in shape. There's a work component to it. In the evenings, we do workshops. and Saturday, we do Still Point Breathing. And that's kind of the economy program. If you want to look at exactly what the schedule is and be part of it, if you go to www.whyagain.org, you'll see up in the top right corner a little link that says Flyers, and that will take you to the uh, schedule for this summer and the dynamics involved there. We uh, we did have a, uh, a special of uh, 10 DVDs offered up until April 1st with free registration. We decided to extend that, and we are still just getting our database in shape. If you're not on our database, you might want to let Jeannie know. Uh, we'll be sending – we're actually just today sending that out to a company to get uh, some final polishing done on it so that we can use it effectively. And uh, – so we'll be readjusting the date for those free DVDs. And if you tell us that you can, through the radio show, we won't give you ten DVDs. We'll give you fifteen. That means you get six hundred dollars worth of free DVDs with the registration for a nine-day workshop. And you know, if you look at a nine-day Y workshop, uh, food, accommodations, workshop, workshop materials, everything totally included, is fifteen seventy-five. So for that. 1575 investment. There's $600 worth of free DVDs that come back your way. And we'll invite you to get those DVDs, do your registration as soon as you can, and, uh, and start watching them, watching them, watching them, building the brain cells. It'll make the intensive time more powerful. We'll probably be expiring that it had expired on April 1st. We'll probably extend that out till, you know, sometime maybe a week or ten days after the uh, email finally gets out. So it'll probably be, you know, by the end of the month, the end of May, that special will be there as an incentive to get people to uh, to get on board and get registered, so we know how to plan our summer and food and all of those neat things. So, thank you for joining us for the, with the show today, and uh, we're honored. We're delighted. Uh, have the best year yet of your eternal life, and uh, we'll look forward to the time when we get face-to-face once again. Blessings. Bye-bye. I to live more
2: consciously, evolving continuously. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.